Hey there, everybody. You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. Of course, you know, as a huge fan of the show, that we originally air as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn, so if you just want, you know, to hear the episodes, like, weeks after they air, you can continue listening to the podcast if you like, but if you want only the freshest, hottest, newest episodes of Famous Dead People, well, you gotta go to Radio Free Brooklyn and check out our show every Monday at 3 p.m. That is when we air. That is when the new shit hits the streets. And if you are an addict to uh, this show, then you are gonna want to listen every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. So you are about to hear the episode where I interview Marlon Brando, played by comedian Douglas Wittick, and Louis Pasteur, played by comedian Lex Morales. It was a fascinating talk. Um, I also want to remind you to go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is a real thing. A real publisher gave me money to write this book and then publish it. Thank you very much to them. Uh, Kellyanne Conway Technique, it is my book. I wrote it. It's super funny. It is me making fun of Kellyanne Conway and Donald Trump and everybody for like 150 pages. Highly recommended, obviously, because that's me uh, telling you that I wrote it. I really want you to listen to it, and I really want you to read it and enjoy it and tell all your friends about it. Um, and also, I'm trying to figure out, like, what kind of reach I have to, like, motivate my audience to actually do things. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to do something to let me know that you're out there. I want you to review the book on Amazon, review the book on barnesandnoble.com, or review the podcast. Leave a rating on the, of the podcast on iTunes or whatever app you listen to, to podcasts on. Email me at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.com to let me know how much you love or hate the show or you want me to have a certain dead person on. Or go to jarrettbarrenstein.com and shoot me a message there. Just do something so that I know that you're out there and enjoying the show. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy Louis Pasteur and Marlon Brando only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. Famous My guests today on Famous Dead People are 19th century French biologist and chemist, the man behind pasteurization, Louis Pasteur. Bonjour. And 20th century American actor and director, Marlon Brando. Hello. Uh, how are uh, you doing? Mr. Pasteur, Mr. Brando, welcome to Famous Dead People. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'd like to start with you, Marlon Brando. So according to Wikipedia, you're credited with bringing realism to screen acting. And I want to know if you would agree with that. Like, do you think that movies lacked realism in acting before you came onto the scene? Yeah, I'd agree with that. People were gesturing with their hands too big and they were like, whatever. And I uh, I came in, I did less. I did almost nothing and people said I was a genius. I just went like this. So you're saying that the key to just being realistic is to do as little as possible? Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. You think about lunch. And people say that you're a genius on the on the camera. Wait, I'm sorry. So you're saying you think about what you're going to have for lunch in the future or something? Uh-huh. So like, say it's take six on The Godfather. Well, I'm thinking about the brajol they're going to be bringing in later today as a prop. But then they say you can eat the brajol. People think that I have a lot of control in the mm-hmm. frame. But the truth is I'm thinking about brajol. Well, let me ask you this. Because people tend, they can be expressive they can be loud they can be intense you know if you did you ever feel like a character needed that or were you just always trying to do as little as possible if it came out of my desire for food (laughs) then yes it was acceptable interesting so say i was screaming at someone as don corleone and i was like right then it usually came out of the fact that I was either hungry or had just been fed too much and I was upset about it. Uh, yeah, that can be just as distracting if you're too full or not full enough. Mm-hmm. I think we've all felt that. Uh-huh. Um, now, I'd like to move over to Louis Pasteur here for a moment. So your work on germ theory, microbiology, pasteurization has saved countless lives. Was that a motivating factor for you? Did you go into the sciences to save lives or were you just trying to learn and understand the natural world and the life-saving stuff that was just like a happy side effect of just trying to learn as much as possible i was uh just trying to get paid 
uh, I was oh. a, I was an artist when I was a kid. You know, I think that's something that Marlon Brando can relate to, right? Well, you just gotta make money. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, this right. is your jobs. You and know? Uh, you know, there was a thing. Uh, so I stumbled upon it. That's all. Okay. It was a short short answer. I, I stumbled upon it. But How did you feel no, though, knowing that the things that you were doing were saving lives? I didn't. You know, it was. It was like in when I was already like in my fifties or sixties is when mm-hmm. they started realizing that it was saving people, you know. Okay. But I started by just wanting to get the fart out of drink. You wanted to get the fart, the out, fart of drink. out of drink. The fart out of drink. What is- that is what we are seeing when we see any kind of. Uh, it almost sounds like when, Marlon, when you say it, it almost sounds like you're saying the the. The the far the five hour drink or something. The five hour energy it really drink. sounds like you're saying the five hour I'm energy drink. Fart, hour, fart, fart out of drink. Drink. Five hour energy drink. It gets back to science. It's <laughs> we. There are little animals inside the drinks, uh, and they eat the things, and they okay. fart out, and they make it bubbly. Oh, and that's how I knew. I was like, you know, like, get that out of my drink. Is that how you explained it back then? Because like we all understand the idea of microorganisms now. We know about germs. We know about bacteria. But did you have to literally hold people's hands and be like, I no? To say it smelly, like smelly. little tiny animals Don't living you in your see? drinks. Yeah, why? That's the only way that they would understand. Because I would say, okay, fart now, and they would fart. Then I would put them in a uh, hot tub. You say right, or or some big container of water, and then I say fart again, and then you see the bubbles, and I say that's what we don't want to drink, right? You don't want to drink that water anymore. So uh, that's that's I just didn't want to fart in my bubble. That is, uh, it's a very interesting perspective on that. I mean, it's it's something that we as a community of people have have found the positive elements of, like you know, when you drink a beer. It's very refreshing because it has the bubbles, but that is. I can't drink the beer. It is, it's, it's all farts. It's, it's all farts. It's all beer is full of farts. But, yes. but don't you? But Thank don't, you, Marlin. Listen, farts as they you know as we understand farts to be negative things, it's it's very myopic because like surely we can understand that maybe like when a yeast farts, that's not necessarily as gross as drinking like a human fart. Does that make sense? You see if my fart is good. Come here. Mm-hmm. Does, no. the, you, you, you're being so myopic about this, both of you. He's it's... talking from a very privileged position. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean yeah. a privileged position? What are you talking about? He's He's got the privilege to eat a certain kind of fart, a yeast fart. But not everybody gets to choose what I don't kind know. of fart they're going to eat. I didn't know. Hey, all I knew was people were farting in my drinks. I said, oh, not people, but things. And Thanks. I said, no, no. I don't want that. I don't <laughs> want that. I'm not going to try. Wait, so you two don't, you, you, have, you don't drink anything with fermentation. You don't drink champagne, sparkling white wine, no, no, beer, no. Smirnoff ice, no. like nothing. No. Smirnoff ice. But this five-hour energy drink you keep talking about. <laughs> sounds, very good. That sounds just good. A there, I, you know what? If I looked it up, I'm sure that there's some kind of fart in five-hour energy drink. I'm not 100% certain on that. I think that if somebody out there listening to this wants to do a little bit of research on that, fact check me, please do. But it doesn't matter anymore for me. I um, I boil and quickly cool everything. Okay, it's a yeah pasteurization. We'll, we'll talk we'll about get that in there, a little bit. But that's a standard in my household. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I yeah again, I I think that we need to you know for example, like there's a type of coffee that is very it's like the best kind of coffee in the world that costs like a thousand dollars a bag. And basically, what it is is these uh, these monkeys or something they eat. These coffee beans, or these these bats, I think the bats eat. The no, they're beans. like a cat. The, it's like I a know. Cat? Yeah, it's a okay. cat. And it's they, feral they, cats. They eat the cat. They eat the coffee beans, and then they poop them out. Oh. And that process makes them better. Uh-huh. And okay. then that that's like the best tasting coffee in the world. I am not going to poo poo. Sorry for the pun there. I'm not going to <laughs> shut. I know it's pretty funny. Uh, I'm not going to shut that down just because it went through a thing's butthole. You mm. know, like. Like, maybe that process is good. I wouldn't eat something out of a human butthole, but I don't, I wouldn't discriminate against all things well, now, buttholes. Let me throw this by you because okay. you're saying it like you know the animal, right? But now, say an alien comes down. An alien, okay. Some little foreign thing comes down. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they go, hey, um, free energy for everybody. All you got to do is smell my farts, you know? Okay. Or just you put it in there. I don't know. And yeah. then maybe. Um, uh, the analogy is falling apart, but the, <laughs> the point is, we didn't know what these things were. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. just know. I just knew that you followed the fart. Interesting. Follow the fart, okay. and then we found the. the and sometimes thing. it's a delicacy. 
mm-hmm. sometimes it's an alien font and he gives you free energy, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's yeast. I, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think the only the, where I draw the line is mammals. Like if a mammal is farting, I'm gonna say no. But if it's a a microorganism, if it is yeast, maybe even if it's an alien, I'm gonna be more open minded about it. Okay. All right. Fine. Maybe, I'm I think, not gonna argue. Maybe we can all just agree to disagree on this. Huh. Um, but Enjoy let's go. your farts, Jared. <laughs> Let me go back to you, Marlon Brando, for a moment. So mm-hmm. I read that, I'm sorry if this is bringing up some some negative um, memories from your past, but I read that your mother had a bit of a drinking problem, mm-hmm. and I read that you used to try to distract her and keep her from drinking by imitating uh, uh, farm animals, mm-hmm. and that that was how you would, that was like your first foray into acting. Is that yeah. true? What does a cow say? <laughs> a cow goes, whoa. What does a chicken say? It goes more. Now, Louis uh, Pasteur, sorry. any child can answer those questions. I understand what you're doing, okay. you know, but anyways, Marlon Brando, sorry. please. Well, We're talking about his mother's drinking problem. Mother, you know, I'd like you to a... grow up. I'm sorry. Louis Pasteur <laughs> is a bit sophomoric, mm-hmm. but uh, my mother, she, she used to have a handle of gin mm-hmm. and a handle of vodka while listening to Handle. And it's a lot of handles. Yeah. yeah. And she would go. It's hard to handle. <laughs> yeah, she was hard to handle. I think all three of us need to grow up. <laughs> all of us are a bit sophomore. You got to get the fun out of the drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would stand there and I would go, the dog goes wolf and the cat goes meow. And she would go, yes, Marlon, yes. And a few hours would go by and then she'd eventually fall asleep in her own spittle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go to school. Interesting. And so when you were imitating these animals, did these animals, did you have your signature um, subtlety or as a child, were you being a big boisterous cow and being a big boisterous chicken and stuff like that? Well, each each animal would be holding a cat and making a deal with another animal. So it would be if that it was is interesting. So it would, it would be an, an elephant would be like, you come here on my daughter's wedding day, each you come in here. You you try to drink water out of the Serengeti. You don't even. You don't even. Oh now uh, I just. I know I know it's an a cup of coffee <laughs> with the Serengeti. No, I get it now. You see, yeah, and then if it was, I yeah, I, I can I can see that there's a lot of um, realism to that. Mm-hmm. To you know this elephant holding a cat, making a deal with another animal. But what I find so surprising about that, and maybe Louis Pasteur, you can follow me on this, is that that's so similar to what your character in The Godfather does, you know, um, decades later. Uh-huh. And so what I'm wondering is where in the world did that inspiration come from then to be an elephant stroking a cat, making a deal with somebody? Like, it's, I, I, I'm blown away by this. Yeah, well, look, there's that saying, wherever you go, there you are. My whole life, I've had the impulses and the instincts of a mom boss. Hmm. It's just only that... That I once I was fifteen years old that Mario Puzo's book came out and the perfect marriage of role and human came together and you were able finally to say like oh my god this is how I felt mm-hmm. for so long mm-hmm. did you really feel did you connect with that character in a way that you've always felt like you're in control of everything and and you dominate you're the alpha and finally you were like here's a character that is that thing that I am yeah it was like. I had to do almost no work. I just showed up and I was myself. Well, that set. seems like something that you're into anyways, like doing as little work as possible, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, is if you show up and do nothing on camera, cameras pick up all your little twitches and subtleties and mm. stuff, and people think that's acting. They see that you're blinking and they're like, oh my God, that's deep subtext work. But the mm. truth is, is I'm thinking about this broad I met at the <laughs> hotel four hours ago and how her boobies make me go whoa yeah boobies are nice i like the boobies oh too. my god this is a this is a real childish whoa. episode whoa. i like to say Whee! not even 10 minutes in uh going back to louis pasteur for a moment so i read as a child that you weren't particularly interested in the sciences you were but this is this is from wikipedia that you were more into fishing and sketching yeah. and uh and then even in college i read that you were more focused on philosophy than, you know, chemistry or the sciences. What made you switch focus? Do I have to say it again? Is, it, is it really, no. you just wanted uh, to get the farts out of your no, drink? You know, really? Well, you know, too, uh, I was I was a pretty good drawer. I liked to draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not a good fisher. Uh, that, that, that was more for you. Like, that you was weren't... just uh, space and time and just to zone out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, and then um, 
I, I stumbled upon that, you know, you get to fool around with the chemistry, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I was an uh, artist, I'd like to do the um, yellow and blue, make green, right? Mm -hmm. Red and so then yeah. I started saying, uh, what does turkey and cheese, right? Boom. And now I do, so then I get smaller. I go, all right, now I do uh, juice and milk, you mm -hmm. know? And I mix it. Because that is smaller than turkey and cheese. Yeah, yeah. well, like less <laughs> solid, you know? And then I said, oh, then I mixed. Uh, other thing, I just started mixing things together, and mm -hmm. some things exploded, and some things tasted great, mm. and some things burned, mm -hmm. and uh, I said, what is going on? I said, let's look at this. So and it then, really does seem like you had a fascination with science. I know that earlier you said that it was just a paycheck for you. I like mixing things up. I'm a big mashup fan. I like Jay-Z <laughs> with Linkin Park. Um, okay, Public so Enemy with Anthrax. Anything that you are mixing together, you are a fan of. Big fan. Interesting. So, I mean, uh, this is going to sound out of left field, but it, it, it connects to one of Marlon Brando's political issues. Like, I know that uh, Marlon Brando was a big civil rights person. Yeah. You know, like, you must then be also an advocate for civil rights because it's just mixing together. You know, there's no reason why a white person oh, can't be with people. a black person. Oh, sure. That's my... That's, uh, that's your jam? Oh, yeah. Melting pots, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, yeah, let's get fondue. A, a culture, oh, a city that's, you know, th uh, a bunch of different languages. Everyone's learning from each other. Everybody's melting together. That seems like a big Louis Pasteur thing. Very say I'm into racial porn. It's huge. <laughs> it's my household. Wow. What's that? What's that uh, noise you guys make when you see an attractive girl again? Wee. <laughs> if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century actor and director, famous for movies such as On the Waterfront and Last Tango in Paris, Marlon Brando, and 19th century chemist for whom pasteurization is named Louis Pasteur. You've been pasteurized. That is oh. not a thing you ever said. I have a T-shirt. Yeah, speaking of man. So going back to you, Marlon Brando. So mm -hmm. um, do you think that as you continued acting as a child, like I, I don't want to uh, harp on on this painful relationship that you had with your mother too much, but um, oh, are you crying, Marlon Brando? It's just it's so subtle that I couldn't, I could barely even tell that anything was happening over Sorry, there. I'm thinking about a super sauna. <laughs> Um, like I said, I don't want to harp too much on your on your relationship with your mother, but you know, it seems like you know you distracting your mother from drinking by imitating these animals mm. was giving you a certain validation. And so I'm wondering if even as you were acting as an old man in like The Godfather or The Score or you know The Freshman, um, did you get a sense of that validation again of like I'm doing the good thing that was distracting my mom from drinking? Unfortunately, I never felt validation from my mother. In my whole life, I've been chasing after feelings that I probably never feel complete on. I, I go to lots of therapy. I go to lots of, um, you know, open interracial hangouts. <laughs> uh, like meetup. You go on like the meetup. Meet up. Yeah, I don't meet understand what that has to do with therapy. Well, <laughs> I just, I'm it. trying to fill a hole in me. myself. I liked it. He was mixing up the conversation. I'm like, what I'm saying is, you can act, you can get a million Oscars, you can have a million dollars in a home in the Hollywood Hills, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you're really just doing an elephant dance for your mother in the living room. Um, I mean, I think that speaks to the, the fragility of anything that a human being tries to do. Like, if you zoom out enough, uh -huh. you know, it, you, you can get very nihilistic about it, where you're just like, you know, nothing matters because we're just a speck of dust in the universe. Mm -hmm. But I think that we forget that we are in this world where we get to have beautiful experiences like being in love or having a great career or saving lives. You know, I don't think we need to be that uh, nihilistic about it. Right. Did you, And so you're searching for that well, clarity I mean, now. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, in terms of my passion for acting, like I told you, it's me, basically me showing up and doing nothing. Mm, yeah. So the the passion in my life mostly comes from hanging out with Michael Jackson. Eating, um, eating bowls of ice cream oh, and okay. driving very slowly through the Hollywood on this Hills. Show. If, you can, if you can get in touch with him, I'd love to have him on Famous Dead People sometimes. I got him on my cell phone. I'll go, we'll call him. Uh, we'll call him on the break. That'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll call him on the break. <laughs> I can understand. Well, he, I think that you need to then find some of that joy. Like maybe if it's right. not from acting, maybe it is just from seeing your friends. and Yeah, and lots you know. of loose sex with people who I barely know. <laughs> it's, things like that. Yeah, loose, yeah. loose sex. It's a real... Graphic Oops. turn of phrase. Uh, let's go back to Louis Pasteur for a moment. So in 1857, you moved to Paris to be the director of the scientific studies at L'École Normale Supérieure, uh, which I believe translates to the Normal Superior School. 
Uh, and I read that you were a very strict director, that you caused, because of your strict policies, 73 of your 80 students to resign. Is that true, Louis Pasteur? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, they. you want to learn? You're going to learn my way. That's it. <laughs> and it's going to be hard. And you're going to do push-ups. And you're you, gonna you do- were forcing your science students to do push-ups. Yeah. Um, you would do push-ups. You should get the blood flowing in mm-hmm. your brain. Mm-hmm. You want to. It's a mind-body. You mix. Well, there's some real science behind that. Like, yeah. you really need to be activating your brain, and by stimulating your body, you really do that. But it does seem kind of harsh to force your students to do push-ups, or, or you're going to kick them out or something. Well, it's not just the uh, push-ups. Uh, most of the people, actually, the push-ups were enjoyable to them, to be honest. <laughs> it didn't, I don't know why I used that to get them out. It was... Um, it was. I used to constant. do push-ups. I could do a hundred in a row. You weak? When at what point in your life could you do a hundred push-ups, when Marlon I was Brando? Nineteen years old. Okay. I could do a hundred push-ups. In you were a handsome man. In yeah, the, you're a real good-looking dude. I used to be a part of the rebel, the rebel guys. It was yeah. Me, Montgomery, Clift, James mm-hmm. Dean. They all died on the motorcycles except for me. No, what was the, I mean, this, you know, I don't want to get too segue We were talking about Louis Pasteur being a very strict person. You said push-ups. But do you, Marlon Brando, miss having that physical prowess? Like, it's no secret that you had, like, a ton of weight gain later on in your life. What what are you talking about? (laughs) No, no, no. Come on, man. This this is, you have to see your state of affairs. I mean, I look the same. You don't look the, can can you still do 100 push-ups, Marlon Brando? I could do a few push-ups. Could you reach the floor? But not 100 push-ups, right? I could do do a couple. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we don't have to harp on this. I'm just saying that maybe as part of your journey, I know that you talked about doing therapy and hanging out with mixed mixed race Uh groups of people. Maybe part of your journey can be looking at your the way that you have physically deteriorated. But like I said, we don't have to deteriorated. Expanded. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm looking pretty small. You? I mean, hey, uh, I'm not trying to body shame you here. I'm just saying that there is a difference between the way that you felt probably physically when you were. Uh, 17, 18 years old, and what you are now. But let's go no, back to... I, 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 can I say, your boobies make me say, wee. <laughs> Sometimes I look in the mirror, and I think that I'm someone who I'd like to have loose sex with. <laughs> sure. I can see that. All right, so Louis Pasteur, you're talking about how strict of a director you were at L'Ecole Normale Superior. No eye contact. No, no. Um, in fact, I made them sit the opposite way, and Wait, then you would turn them around. And then I would write on the cor- on the board, and uh, if it would, I'd say, "Simon says you can look at my notes." And then they turn around, and I and then I say, "Simon, turn around." And if they didn't, I kick them out. So right, Simon so says, "What was the point of that?" Because all those things you just mentioned made it make it, that seems like a harder environment to learn in. Yeah, uh, it wasn't about that. It was the impression that I was giving on my uh, my staff and my mm. the other people. I wanted them to always be on edge around me. Okay. I wanted them to never feel safe. You know, I wanted them to know that I was not just a scientist like these nerdy folks that mm-hmm. were there, but I was an artist with the science. Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you think that you were trying to assert like a like an alpha male kind of a thing? I'm pretty short. <laughs> I'm a short man. If you want to say that, people say that, uh, fuck okay. you. But that's fine. I get right. it. I get it. Interesting. I, I just didn't, I had no idea that you were such of a bro. I feel like it's a, that's a, it's a fair thing to, to call like you. Louis. At this point, you're a real bro. No, I don't, I would hate to hear that. It stings my ears, which <laughs> makes me feel like maybe I'm, that's the truth. That's too. maybe that's the thing. <laughs> well, listen, we don't, uh, like I said, we don't have to uh, I'm working on, on myself. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I think therapy is good for everybody like personal growth oh. uh i saw common in an interview once and he oh. was like talking about some of the mistakes he's made in his life and he said you know what we're all works in progress i was and say- i believe and i think that's great i think it's wonderful inspiration oh. from common right there common is very smart man yeah. i listen to him all the time yeah, Back with, yeah. uh i was right. gonna say though bros bros seem like guys who would have farts in their drinks so <laughs> i just wanted to say <laughs> i have no air. farts in my drink so no, all right no broing around very consistent Thank okay you. well let's go back to marlon brando so uh, you moved to new york to uh, study at Acting and you start to get some early recognition. Uh, but even as a young actor, you start to rub people the wrong way because, according to your Wikipedia, your behavior was very erratic and insubordinate. Do you think that that's a fair description of what it was like when you were in New York as a young actor? Erratic, insubordinate. Look, you could describe my behavior as erratic. A bro. <laughs> I'm a bro, like my friend Louie. But the thing is, is I refused to memorize my lines because the scripts were shit. 
I, I, I like to do the lines that feel the most natural to me in the moment. Mm-hmm. If that's in subordination to a playwright, some playwright who doesn't even know what a good play looks like, then yes, I'm insubordinate. Okay. But when I was in, in the waterfront on Broadway, I, I wasn't always off book. I wasn't always saying what they said. I came in, I did, I did the elephant routine that I did for my mom. Mm-hmm. Audience standing up in the middle of the show. Mid-show standing up. So you would just do your impression of an elephant. Uh-huh. In, petting in a, a cat. Petting a cat, making a deal the way that you did in The Godfather years later. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of a play that had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And people would give you a standing ovation. Yeah, people would say, wow, that's going to be in a movie one day. <laughs> That's that's very (laughs) prescient. All right, so what were some of the things that you used to do besides, like, changing the script in the middle of the show that people would say, like, was erratic or insubordinate? I like to scream at directors. I like to scream at the producers, and Mm -hmm. I like to tell them that they're morons, idiots. Okay. Um, I like to sometimes not show up. Just I just won't show up and mm. see what happens. Will the show You're go You're talking on? about for a rehearsal, right? Or the show. You I just go, wouldn't show up on the show. No, just, I would just go instead to dinner in the West Village. I would find someone with a, with a big butt on 49th Street. <laughs> nice. And I would say, hey, get on my Harley. And then I would go as fast as fucking possible mm-hmm. down 9th Avenue. And we would go have dinner at La Vuchella Bambuch. And, and I would pick up the check and then she would. Have sex with me. So I love that restaurant because it's a French Italian mix. <laughs> it's it's a one of those French Italian. Yeah, that blows my mind. I just don't. Fusion. See, Fusion. I don't see the point of that, Marlon Brando. Like it does. Like I think that part of being an artist is collaborating with other artists. And so if you're trying to like dominate your directors by screaming I at them, can I stump <laughs> in here because this is exactly what I was trying to bring to science. People on edge. I mm-hmm. would yell at my subordinates, you know, okay. the people who would be because it wasn't just me. I had a team, mm-hmm. and they would be working for me, and I would say, "Boil this and cool down that, and split those things up and smash them together." You know, science stuff. <laughs> and so I would, I would yell, and I would say, "We got to get this done." And then mm-hmm. sometimes I wouldn't show up. Keep them on edge. That so is, I like it, Mark. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you guys are clearly doing something right because, you know, you Successful. became so notable and you saved lives and you get delivered some of the most incredible performance in cinema history. Uh, um, but like I said, I just don't, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it really seems like you already had that movie star ego, even when you were just like doing summer stock, even when you're doing off-Broadway plays. Do you think that, I mean, this might be a terrible thing to to tell the young actors out there, but do you think that that attitude maybe helped you be successful? Like, the I fact think, that you were acting like a movie star already? I think so. I think if you show up and you walk the walk, then people are going to go, who's that? Mm-hmm. And they're going to realize that you're maybe someone special, even if you're not special yet. Hmm. Just by being a big ego, like acting like a rooster when you walk in the room, you people are going to realize, oh, maybe this guy's got the chops to back up the ego. Mm-hmm. And then you got to deliver the goods after that. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever do anything like that in the science community? Like pretend that you had a, 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 a conclusion or the data that you needed. Oh, I feel you're doing a gotcha. <laughs> Are you doing a gotcha? Because... Well, I, I, I would... Okay, this okay. is what I would say yeah. about the whole people thinking that I... Um, if I... Did I bend... Did I bend the rules? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Did you... Uh, did you prove me course, wrong? We, of course, are talking about a notorious... Uh, thing that came to light years after your death where some of your notebooks were discovered and we found out that you had fudged, fudged some of your numbers and moved little data around. So to... I will say this. Okay. Uh, did I fudge some stuff? Yes. Prove me wrong, though. I was never wrong. I was. I just got to it quicker than even science needed to. You know, All right. Does well, that make sense? There were a... things that you were wrong about. Ah! <laughs> he made a correct ah! guess. He made a correct <laughs> guess. I, it was an educated guess. And mm-hmm. I was right. I was right every well, yeah. time. You both, you both basically latched on to the fake it till you make it attitude yeah. of lifestyle, which I, I got to say, you know, I think it's a little abhorrent in acting because, you know, it's encouraging people to be a little douchey and a little alpha. But I think it's also really bad in science. Like, I really don't think that scientists uh, should, should look, be. Do you sci- have a name, a street named after you in Saigon? Because oh, <laughs> I am the only white man who does. Do you so. have a name? Do you have I a think somewhere in, in the little Asia in the, area. Little or, Asia uh, Thailand, uh, the That's Saigon. That's my favorite part to eat in New York, Campbell, the little yeah, Asia area. For somebody who's big on multiculturalism, you really are lumping all those Asian places together. Say, I mix it together. I mix it together. <laughs> 
All right, that's fair. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more to you, uh, Louis Pester. So obviously your work in pasteurization is what you kn- you're known for, but there are some scientists who say that your work with molecular asymmetry was actually your greatest contribution to science. And I know that we're all laymen here. Would you mind talking us through molecular asymmetry and what was so incredible about that discovery? It's uh, when you see a pretty girl, oh. right? Okay. And you see... You, this is like an analogy. Uh, an analogy. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. You want them to line up a, a symmetry. Okay. They, uh, that's what it, I'm saying for the common people. Uh, one side different, the other side not so the same. Okay. Now it doesn't feel right, right? Oh. So uh, I just would put things in a bowl and then I would uh, spin it one way. Mm-hmm. And it would spin, and then I would spin it another way, and it would spin another way, and then you find out it was shaped differently. I mean, some guy found that out <laughs> later. I didn't know. I was just spinning a. I was spinning things around, and That's I was another lucky guess. It was like, another I lucky guess. Hey my... man, I just sometimes you step in shit, you know, and sometimes you sell that shit, and then you get you... a street named after you. <laughs> Somewhere we have no idea. Uh, that is fascinating. We got to take a short. It's not just about somebody explain to me later. It's not just about the actual breakdown of the compounds, mm-hmm. but actually how they're formed together, so that they. It's real scientific stuff, okay. man. All right. Kind of over my head. Well, <laughs> we've got to take a short break, but we're really getting into it here. Uh, we'll be right back with Louis Pasteur and Marlon Brando on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead Everybody just want to take a quick break from the show to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends all about us. That stuff helps us out a whole bunch. Yeah, I recommend the show to your friends. I don't see why you wouldn't do that since you like it so much. Uh, feel free to hit us up anytime you like at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. You can send us feedback or if you have a Famous Dead person that you want to have on the show, I would love to accommodate you, a fan of the show, and put your favorite Famous Dead person on here. Also, go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It's super funny. Go buy it at a bookstore. Go buy it online. It is available to order right now. And lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash people and click on the Sponsor This Show button. All those donations help to keep awesome content like Famous Dead People on the air. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century actor and director from movies such as The Godfather and A Streetcar Named Desire, Marlon Brando. Uh, Hello. And the 19th century chemist who revolutionized disease prevention, Louis Pasteur. I'll boil you to your cool. (laughs) I have a shirt. A that says, I have a shirt that says that. that. I just put it out. That kind of sounded like a like in Street Fighter, like right before they they they're like you know when they're taunting each other, like right before the match starts. I'll boil you until you're cool. That's that was actually uh, you know it's a work in progress. It was it was that line in on the waterfront before I could have been a contender. Really, it was I'll boil you till you're cool. Oh. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, and then wow. Ilya Kazan was like. Oh, actually, no, that's Louis Pasteur, and then we changed it. Oh, he, he immediately recognized that as Louis Pasteur's catchphrase, yeah. and then was like, we have to do something else instead. Yeah, he was a well-read man. Okay, well, that makes sense. Well, you know, he's a uh, very I would write director. that on my uh, notebook all the time. What? I'll boil you to your cool. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, So, Marlon Brando, your first breakout success, and what eventually brought you to movies, was the role of Stanley Kowalski in Tennessee Williams's play, A Streetcar Named Desire. Uh-huh. Is it true that you based the character of Stanley Kowalski on a boxer that you saw at your local gym? Is that true? Yeah, that's true. I saw this guy, and he was huffing and puffing and sweating and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So I started taking pictures of him. I start watching him. I come to the gym. Maybe I don't even work out. I just sit in the corner and mm-hmm. watch him. And, you know, some might describe what I did as, stalking okay or um inappropriate well if you're just observing him i don't think that's stalking right like i think you need to i start writing him letters and i start telling him hey you know i'd like to be very close to you and he (laughs) would did not respond he did not appreciate it Mm -hmm. he i eventually get a cease and desist to stop coming to the gym 
So then I start, you know, watching him. I, I rent a motel room across from his apartment. Oh, wow. And, uh, this it, is definitely sounding more this like This is definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, stalker or the method. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so then I start, you know, I, I steal his baby photos from his mother's home. Oh, my God. And then I, I, I record him speaking. I put a recorder in his kitchen cupboard. Jesus. And uh, before you know it, I'm getting an Oscar. <laughs> okay, that's... Uh, I really... It's the work. You put the work in. I think that there's a line, though, where I think you can dig too deep for a character. Like, I don't think it was necessary to, you know, go to those lengths. Maybe if you just adapted some of his movements and the way that he talked. Like, maybe that would have had the same effect, don't you think, Marlon Brando? Well, you know, that's purely technical stuff, but I'm trying to go to the meat. You're trying, trying to get, to, get the core. to the core. Look, anybody can put on a freaking hat and say, my name's Jimmy, right? I mean, that's that's acting to some people at the regional playhouses. But I'm going deeper <laughs> than Jimmy. I'm going deeper. I want to fully envelop. I want to feel you. want to you. know who James is. I want to know who James is. So I want to mm. put my hands on you under the... Under the sheets while you're sleeping. Okay, interesting. So he, so so this boxer was bothered by the fact that you were stalking him, and I'm not saying kind of stalking. I mean, like legitimately stalking, like textbook definition of stalking. Hmm. All right, but he went to go see you in a streetcar named Desire. Doesn't sound like he was so upset. <laughs> I'm just well, saying, just... if I had the next who showed up at one of my um, award ceremonies, let's just say he figured out what all the research was for. Okay, and then he went, oh. That's very similar to the sound that you make when you see a pair of boobs that you like. Yeah, when I see boobies, I, I go, wee. <laughs> that is, uh, I'm never going to not like that. Uh, so your film career takes off like a bullet. You win an Oscar for Streetcar. Uh -huh. You're praised for your work uh, as Mark Anthony in Julius Caesar as well. But I read that you didn't think that you were good in that, that you felt out of place among all those yeah. professional British actors in that production. Is that true? Yeah, well, the American acting style is much more reserved. British people, they have the voice and the speech, and they're very loud. <laughs> and, you know, when I came on set, I have to be honest with you, I was on pills for half of the shoot. For, for uh, Mark Anthony and Julius Caesar. Yeah, I don't even know what I said. Really? I was out there, I was like, hey, Cleopatra, pass me a goblet of fire. And, a goblet and, of fire? Yeah, which J.K. Rowling ended up naming her fifth Harry Potter I did, I heard about that, I did hear about and that. she heard that I had improvised that line. Wow, that is, uh, yeah, I've learned so much about you. But, I mean, did you have, like, so much of your career sounds like you have this unchecked movie star ego, no matter what you're doing, uh -huh. but it seems like in the in the presence of these British actors that you, that you felt a little bit of the humility that was missing from your early career. Would you agree with that? Well, let's just say they're professional. Mm -hmm. They show up on time. They, they, they learn their lines. They learn their lines. They... They're cocky twats. <laughs> they're cocky. The Brits are cocky twats. Uh, well, I, I know as a French person in the 1800s, you probably weren't crazy about not the English. Not a big fan. Not a big yeah. fan. All right, that That's makes sense. one people I would not want to mix with. Yeah. <laughs> they show up <laughs> with their Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> they drive on the left side of the road in America. <gasps> and then they look. they all look like they're a little burnt. <laughs> and 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 then they show up and they think they're better actor than you. All right, yeah, I had no idea that this was something that you guys had in common. This just like this this uh, this foundation of disliking British people. Yeah, well, more specifically, the English. I love Scottish people because they know how to drink. Oh, All great. right, and the Irish. You guys uh, like the Irish, or it's like just the, English people? I like the part of the Irish that's not in the UK. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, what is that? North, right? That's north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. That, that's that's fascinating. I mean, I have always felt like a little bit of friction whenever I went to London. Like, I know people love that city and everything, but I've always felt like, just like, I don't know, out of place. Like, I don't dislike the the British. I don't dislike English people, but I've never really felt at home okay. in that city, at least. You know, did you guys ever go? I know that you don't like the English, but did you ever go to England just to see what it was like? I would go every summer. Mm -hmm. I would go up there just to taunt. Just to, just to, just to taunt. Just to taunt. Hey, uh, I... I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing out here. And yet I constantly am saving people's lives. And you guys, whatever, you know, you guys, whatever, what are you doing now? You uh, throw shit on the street. Hmm. You let me bring my motorcycle on the plane oh, yeah? to London. So I immediately get, I, I take it, I roll it off the plane. I start motorcycling through London in the on the American side of the road. Oh, oh okay. And let's just say I got into a few head-on collisions All right. while I was there with men who were like, Poppycock. 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 Oh, they, they say Poppycock all the time. I like, like this. Uh, 
This I like is you a putting, Piccadilly Circus you, you, poppycock. You're doing that, Marlon Brando. As you're doing that, you're putting your finger up to your lip to uh-huh. to simulate a mustache, which I got to say is great radio. Thank you. Uh, so going <laughs> over here to uh, to uh, Louis Pasteur. So obviously your most noticeable uh, discovery was pasteurization, where you heat liquids to kill the bacteria in them to keep them from spoiling. Because you figured out that bacteria in milk and wine is what makes it go bad faster. Is that correct? That's right. Well, yes, uh, the we, farting. we talk about the, the fermenting, that right? About. We, that's what it was the study of fermenting. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How do we get these farts <laughs> out of our drinks, people, please? And we would, uh, people would always say, how's it going? And I'm like, we're working on it. So okay. now I say, we go, um, there was a witch in our, in our village. I'm sorry, there's a witch there was in a witch, your village? Yeah, um, and we burned her. We oh bur- my God! We burned her to death. In the 1800s, you guys burned a she witch. It was just one witch. It wasn't like a flock of witches. That doesn't make it better. A coven of witches. I mean, you're a man of science. Like, surely you should have known I not to burn a witch. Proven that she was a witch. Wait, you you science to prove? Oh wait, this is one of your f- famously fudged numbers that you proved quotation marks. Okay, that she was so a witch. <laughs> you read that? I thought I ripped that page out of my notebook. But <laughs> point being, listen, you burn something that was alive. It's not alive anymore. I go, let's <laughs> let's do that with the farts. Whatever is farting in our drinks, let's boil it. And then we did that. But then you, who wants to drink this boiled milk, right? Mm-hmm. And who wants to drink all this other stuff, you know, the warm, everything warm? It's nice to get cold. So then mm-hmm. I said, let's cool it down real quick. Okay, I'll boil you until you cool down. And that's, and that's, that's how I got I the from. T-shirt. Well, so, so this led you to believe, after, after discovering this uh, fact about these microorganisms, that, it was, uh, that some diseases might also be caused by microorganisms invading the body, and that led scientists to start sterilizing their instruments before surgery. Is that correct? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, right. that's a definite thing. Uh, I, I said uh, once we started, just like I was like put things together, once I got on the boiling tip, mm-hmm. then I said, let's boil everything. And like I said before in my house, we I boil my chair. I boil my table. I bought. Uh, you can't boil a baby. I was gonna say we tried to boil a baby once. Baby's got a lot of germs on. The, the babies are filled. They're like walking uh, petri dishes, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, but do not boil your babies. I would say they won't live. After they, that's that. right because yeah. they are alive too. Yeah, and you want to save the baby. Yeah. So you hold the. Um, you want me to tell you how to clean? <laughs> the, how to I, clean a baby? That's a long story. You gotta to use to a go wipe. But I will say sterilization is a good thing. Figure it out. Right, of course. I just I can't believe that there was a time when, you know, even before you knew what germs were, like, obviously, it seems normal. It seems obvious that you should clean a knife before you cut into a person with it, right? Was there a time in, in your lifetime? Gentlemen, back before me, mm-hmm. they said gentlemen did not wash their hands. Interesting. They did not need to. But they did. They did need to. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a product of the time that I was born, you know, and we've just been always known that it was important to be clean, especially if you were yeah. going to be doing surgery. You, you, know? you think uh, Jesus would have said something, you yeah, know? You think he would <laughs> have said... Just, going, just to be a little bit of a dick to Jesus. He could have said, you know... Do unto others and then wash your hands. That's right. Yeah, well, so, he washed the feet of the poor. Maybe he was just hoping that people would, yeah. like, you know, go from A to C on yeah. that one. I think yeah. it was like an aesthetic thing. Yeah, because you know? he would wash it with oil, and it wasn't... Right? He made it dirtier. <laughs> it's, it's filthy. <laughs> That's an excellent point, Marlon Brando. Let me ask you this. So, like, you have this, these, all these famous rivalries in Hollywood. Like, you know, you're, you're butting heads with so many of the creatives that you're working with. Is it true that you also butted heads with Frank Sinatra on the set of Guys and Dolls? You didn't get along? We literally butted heads. You, oh, like Rams. Like, yeah, you like literally Rams. physically butted heads. So, when they would stop, they would stop rolling, right? And they would, everybody would go, oh, perfect take, Marlon. Perfect take. You really were natural in that. And then I said, hey, Frankie Blue Eyes, you're a fucking asshole. Whoa. And, and he would go, what? And he would turn around <laughs> and he would take his little hat. And, mm-hmm. and I said, that's, you heard me. I hate New York and I hate jazz music, both of which things I didn't believe. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to stoke Just those to mobster fires in him, you know? Yeah. And he went, what are you saying? <laughs> And, I'm uh, sorry, Marlon Brando. I got to interrupt you for a second. I find it very hard to believe that Frank Sinatra sang everything that he said. Is that the assertion that you're making? Were you today? there? Were I w- you? No, I was not here. I wasn't okay. here. 
But I mean, I feel like I could easily find a clip of Frank Sinatra talking something. I feel Maybe like he did talk, but not in You show me first where there's no witches in France <laughs> in 1800s. Then you start talking to Marlon. Okay. All right. This is I a man of science. A lot of things I got to prove to you guys. I got to prove that there's farts in five hour energy drink. I got to prove that there were no witches. I'm in, taking notes. We got <laughs> it. I am going to show you no farts in five hours. All right. Were you worried about butting heads with Frank Sinatra? Because he did, did have mob ties and he did have a very volatile. Uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, a temper. He had a he had very yeah. high. He he ran real high blooded. Look, I knew the guy had hypertension, and I knew mm-hmm. the guy was ridden with STDs, and I knew he owed a wow. lot of people money. I oh, knew he wow. was what he was one of those old school gentlemen, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, I said, this guy is nothing for a guy who can do a hundred push-ups mm-hmm. in a row. So I said, yuck, yuck, yuck. And he knew what that meant, because we're what, men. What does that mean, yuck, That means, yuck, let's yuck. butt heads for real, boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yaks. So what, So how many, like, was it just like you ran towards each other, you butted heads, and then what happened? And then I bled profusely, <laughs> and they had to stop shooting for the day. Okay, do they, what about Frank Sinatra? How was he? He, uh, he, he slept for a couple days after that. He probably had a concussion. And that makes like, a lot of sense. I think I'm in pain. <laughs> and then he, and then he... Proceeded to sleep I really for a couple think, days. I really don't think that's how he sounded. Yeah. Oh boy, that no, that's a fascinating story. Did you guys? Did your relationship change after you guys had butted heads like this together? Let's just say that the rest of the shoot, they had to use a body double for me because I went to Turks and Caicos for a vacation. <laughs> <So> you just <laughs> left. I left. <laughs> I left. They used Montgomery. Cliff I can't believe. For the rest I, of the I shoot. don't know of a single person in any profession who has tried less and achieved more. Marlon Brando. That's very impressive. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us uh, here on Radio Free Brooklyn, you are listening to Famous Dead People. And my guests today are 19th century French chemist and microbiologist Louis Pasteur and 20th century American actor and director Marlon Brando. Uh, and so I'd like to go back to Louis Pasteur here for a moment. So you had a bit of a rivalry also. Uh, with another scientist named N- Antoine Bechamp, who also did experiments on fermentation similar to yours, uh, but his were two years earlier. He claims that you didn't bring anything new to the study, and that sparked a feud <laughs> that lasted throughout so, your life. Is that true? Yeah, it, it's still... How how can you, uh, again, prove me wrong? You know what I'm saying? He says, uh, he says one thing, I say another, mm-hmm. everybody goes with me. So uh, am I that charismatic? I think these last 45 minutes have said no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing for me with this guy, Beauchamp, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't, he's all uh, super smart, talky, talky words that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. The I way go, that a scientist would. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know... Sure, Jared. If you want to watch Neil uh, Bill Nye, you know on Neil Netflix. Neil Bill Nye. Yeah, go watch Bill Nye so you could dumb down this shit. Uh, hey, listen, man. There's some uh, there's farts in your drink. Let's get them out, you know. And everybody, that's that's I'm the Bill Nye. There you go. Don't Sorry. put that in there. No. Well, what were some of the things that so, you used to do in your rivalry? Like, did you try to oh, disprove each other's theories or something like that? First thing, farts in his drink. I would go, I would find whatever he was going to drink. He'd go to this cafe. That sounds like, just, just I don't want to uh, um, editorialize here, but it sounds like that that is the Louis Pasteur version of like the worst insult in the entire world. Yeah. Like you, you work your entire life to get, quote unquote, farts out of drinks, and then you go ahead and fart in someone's I drink. put it right back in. Yeah. And this time, my farts. <laughs> this is why you drink, you think you're better than me? I uh, drink in my farts. Okay. All so, right. I can see that. Drink in my farts. Drinking my farts. <laughs> Drinking my farts. What, anything else that you guys would do? Oh, uh, yeah. I would, well, how uh, did he retaliate for things like that? What would he do? Yeah. Uh, one time he iced my, the top of my roof mm-hmm. so that when I shut the door, snow spilled all on top of it. Oh, like grumpy old man. Classic. Yeah, that is a classic. Uh, one time um, he... This is you and another scientist. Yeah. Oh, that is incredible. One time he, um, one time he gave me a flat tire. Okay. Uh, on my foot too, like the flat tire. He step on my foot all the time. Well, step on my flat foot. tire. Also. Yeah, with the back of the heel, and my shoe step would come out. And uh, he slept with my sister once, uh, and oh he would God. go, "Ha oh, 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 ha you know." He slept he, with his sister. Yeah, and he but he did it while we were. At, it was a family gathering, and they were in the. It was in the house, but he made sure I knew it. 
Oh my you know? god! Yeah, and, I, I can uh, understand. Like that would, you know, like a Hatfields and McCoys, like the the yeah. you know the Capulets and Montagues. Like you, you just you just less on... violence. It wasn't less. It was not as violent. Oh, it, nobody it was, died in this. Nobody rapper. died. We would just um, I would um, I would unsanitize his uh, beakers. Oh, um, and then he would wow. get bad results. Bad results. Bad scientific results. I just thought he'd touch him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that probably happened too. I wasn't, you know. It's more about. Marlon, Did you I ever think... snot on him? Oh, the, like yeah. I push the, the yeah. yeah. Like I, do it again. Yeah, no, nice. well, please don't. Please don't, guys. Because <laughs> yeah. then you see boobies and you go, oh. <laughs> the two of you. Oh, I gotta separate you guys. No. We cope together. I gotta say, yeah, I think it sounds like me and Marlon Brando know a little bit more about science than you do. Like we're talking about you ruining his results, and you're like, no, I just wanted to gross him out. I was part of a normal super. Uh, what was that name of that school? Uh, the normal superior school. Yeah, superiors in the word. That's all <laughs> oh, I'm is that like the Miss out of the school for peculiar children? Miss Peregrine's home for yeah. peculiar children. Yeah, is that uh, a school for positive. science? It was the, the equivalent of, oh, okay. but I'm, with science. Well, I was curious about that because it does seem like a weird oxymoron. Like it was called the normal superior school. They had to put the normal after I got in. You know, they, oh, because you lowered the curve so much? So Jesus, uh, Louis no. Pasteur. It's like bad premium coffee. They sold it to me a different way, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, so um, Marlon Brando, let me talk to you about, we talked a little bit about your history with civil rights uh, and everything. In the late 1950s, you partnered with uh, Paramount to start a production company that would make movies that had, quote, socially relevant messages, which I assume has to do with your work with civil rights because mm-hmm. that was an issue that you championed during your life. Is that true? That was what you that you meant by socially relevant messages? Yeah, well, I caused such a stir after my Oscar speech that I didn't show up to. Mm-hmm. I uh, didn't show up to the Oscars. Instead, I had a Native American rights activist give my speech for me. Okay. And from that point onward, I dedicated all my professional work to creating a more fair, civil, equal Hollywood for all people. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. very progressive of you. Thank you very much. You could say I'm woke. <laughs> you could. You really could. And that's very impressive how on point you are with the uh, with the teen slang these days, Marlon Brando. Thank you so much. My niece gave me a smartphone. Mm-hmm. And she said, read everything that pops up. And she subscribed to me to all these vlogs and mm-hmm. videos and things. And now I'm, I like to say the word woke. Yeah, woke's a pretty good. Yeah, it woke. works. Woke. As a white person, I always feel a little off saying woke. woke. Yeah, so that's that's something I'm, I I don't know what's appropriate for me to say and what not mm-hmm. to say. So if I say yas queen, mm-hmm. let me know if I'm step crossing my back. I would never say I would never say yas queen. I mm-hmm. might say yas. I feel like that's okay for a white person to say. Okay. Yeah. But that's not appropriating gay culture. Yas, just by saying yas. And saying woke is an appropriating black culture. I don't know. Like you know, as a white person, I'm I don't I'm not allowed to draw these lines. I'm just telling you where I think they are. Yeah. But if somebody tells me, Jarrett, they're you know, don't say yas, mm-hmm. and uh, but you can say woke, then I'll be like, yeah, absolutely, all right, okay. that works for me. Okay. Um, but so let me talk. Let me ask you a question about the Native American. So you get you 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 ask this Native American to give your Oscar speech for you, uh-huh. and you're saying that it was because. You wanted to make a point about Native American rights. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, they had been unfairly portrayed in Hollywood for the entirety of Hollywood's existence. Okay. So I felt like it was time to give them a fair shake in movies that didn't just portray them as the other. Mm, interesting. Well, wh- what's your ideal of like treating a Native American fairly in a movie? Uh, making them the romantic love lead. Okay. Making them someone who isn't seen as violent. Making them seem as someone who could be on the street, you know, in an interracial hangout, like we were discussing earlier. Yeah, that, I mean, this is all part. stuff that Louis Pasteur would be on board with, I think. Yeah. yeah as someone who likes mixing it up. Big fan of Native American uh, pornography. <laughs> It is a growing uh, genre. I really don't think that that's like as woke as you think it is when you just say that you're into that. They do seem a little stereotyped. You, you gotta I screw see. the whole buffalo. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh my god. Well, let me ask you this, because since we're on the topic of civil rights and uh, the way that Native Americans were portrayed in the movies, that there was this big controversial thing that happened in your career, Marlon Brando, uh-huh. where you were being interviewed. Or Playboy magazine, and then later by Larry King. Ooh, la, la. When you said, "Wow, oh, <laughs> and you said that the reason why there aren't these terrible uh, portrayals of Jewish people in movies is because Jewish people run the entertainment business, and they won't allow 
for cartoonish representation of Jews to be in those movies, and you got a, a lot of backlash for that. Does that a, a fair uh, condensation of the controversy that, that happened in your life? Look, I mean, I, I could back off of these statements, but the mm. truth is is that the Jews run Hollywood. They do. I mean, there's a lot of Jewish people in the entertainment business. I don't think it's fair to it, it almost because when you put it because that way, because of diversity now, but <laughs> at the time, all Jews, right? But think it, of 1960. It was all Jewish people signing my checks. Yeah, but we didn't have a cabal, you know. Like we weren't. There wasn't like a secret conspiracy or a deep state. Hey, you know? can we say, Jared, who's hosting this podcast? All right, yes, oh, I am. Oh, you would have the media. All right, my name is Jared Berenstein, oh. and I do. Have a little bit of Jewishness in my background, but Would I'm not. Do you like a, like a cartoonish portrayal of a Jewish person on this? I mean, show? I don't think that we should do cartoonish portrayals of anything. You know, like I'm not saying. You know what? If it was, if the if it called for it, and I had to suddenly do like a more of a a Woody Allen thing over here, like I wouldn't shut it down immediately. I wouldn't be crazy about it. But does I wouldn't Woody shut it down. Allen believe that he is a cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what his entire career has been, is him embracing his own cartoonish Jewishness. Uh. I mean, you know, uh, but I um, and I think it is fine for me to say that because I am a Berenstein. So yeah. there. Well, let's just say when I said it, it was coming from a place of where I'd like to see maybe a fair shake. If people are getting misrepresented, everyone gets I think your intentions were probably good. I think it's one of those things where... There's like an underlying, like maybe he still needs to learn a little bit about what's appropriate or not. But I do think your heart was in the right place. Yeah, it's right nice now. that you jumped on the victimhood back <laughs> <Yeah>. here, Jared. <laughs> uh, well, let's go over to uh, Louis Pasteur for a moment. So, uh, you know, we have a little bit of controversy today over vaccines. And I know that you worked on a lot of vaccines uh, cholera, anthrax, rabies. Was there ever any concern that the vaccines that you were creating back then were having negative side effects the way that some people think that they cause autism today? Uh, maybe. But, you know, I was pretty, we'll say, thorough in mm. doing my job. You know, so okay. after well, the first two or three, I'll just say again, you did air quotes there, which is excellent radio. You yeah, know, so, so you were excellent radio, <laughs> excellent radio. Marlon Marla Brando doing the finger Poppy mustache Pop. again They're for over. no reason, for nobody, they for call nobody. Call me Lady <laughs> Luck. <laughs> that actually sounded a little bit like Frank Sinatra. That was pretty good, Marlon Brando. That was Frank. Yeah. Oh. I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very convincing. Hey, we got things to fix. Okay, you got Louis to move Pasteur. on. So you go, boom. You rabies, boom, move on. Drop another album. Colera, <laughs> boom. Mm -hmm. Did you say colera? Colera. Yeah. That's, you know, Spanish. It's Spanish pronunciation. You know, oh. that's where the name came from. That's where also the... It's like saying it enchilada. You enchilada. Know? <laughs> I'm woke. No, I've said it so many times Spanish, I don't even know how to do it the French way anymore. Uh. Colera. Colera. Ay, ay, ay. Despacito. Pretty woke. Sorry, Louis Pasteur, you were saying. Yeah, what did people think about these vaccines you were creating back then? You know what? You know, you only got to... I invented about 200 vaccines. 200 vaccines. I had a vaccine for... You know when you get crud in your eye when you wake up in the morning? Oh, yeah. We give you a vaccine crusties, for that. That crusties. worked great, but nobody thought it was necessary. Crud eye vaccine. Uh, crud eye vaccine. And then uh, we had one for when you uh, can't grow your hair for, uh, very thoroughly on your beard so that there's a little patchy. Like for a, dudes who have patchy beards. Vaccine. Boom. Done. Move oh, on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because that's then, a germ that causes but, that. Uh, oh, okay. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it did or not. <laughs> it's a germ. I, uh, We've established, I, Marlon Brando, that Louis Pasteur wasn't I a great scientist. put it in a needle. I would shoot the guy in the arm. Two days later, if he had hair, it worked. So that worked for like three weeks. I figured out he started, he was like 14. Well, why, didn't, why didn't all 15? these various vaccines that you made catch on? Well, not all of them were important, but everybody had rabies. But I mean, even as, if somebody was, has a patchy beard, you yeah. know, like that's important to them. You know, like they would want to continue having I this thought, vaccine. Right? I always tried to take it out east to the Chinese mm -hmm. because they have they don't oh, go with the full thing. The great right. east, and uh, it did. It never took on. Hmm. It never picked on. It's I interesting. It never it's picked a on. marketing 
probably marketing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was all about the content, the make, produce. Just make produce, them, get them out move, there. Move, go, go, mm-hmm. see if it hits. And it's like the Steve Jobs of vaccines. Yeah, yeah I just, just want to keep on, you know, on to the next one, yeah. on to the next one. And so if uh, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, yeah. pff, you know, so what? You don't have a hairy face. You know, it's not yeah. the big thing, but... Move on. It's a germ that causes the bad genes. (laughs) Sure. But again, Louis Pasteur, I have to ask you, and I hate to harp on this, but did people think they were dangerous the way that you think vaccines are dangerous today? Uh, Well, I mean, you have your missus, dude. I mean, that's... uh, (laughs) Let's be honest here. Vaccines cause autism. No, they don't. No, they don't. There's no science science behind that, Uh, Marlon Brando. You know, there's as much science as I put in, no? Which is like no science, Louis Pasteur. Come on, let's be fair. A few of my nephews and nieces that are autistic... Oh, directly linked to the vaccines that they took. Edible brownies. It says no. But I'm uh, sorry, edible brownies? Edible uh, weed will stop that right away. <laughs> Boom. But move on. Oh. So, this yeah, is yeah. such bad science. You guys ba- are both uh, telling people terrible science out there. I, I just want to add a disclaimer for the listeners. Do not listen to Louis Pasteur. Do not listen to Marlon Brando about science things. They're very ill-informed. Uh... Go drink your milk, and then you see my name, and then yeah, you tell drink, me who you listen to. Yeah, go drink raw milk from yeah. a mil, uh, a farm in upstate New York. Good yeah. luck with your GI track. Yeah, time. exactly. See who farts then. I gotta yeah. tell you, like, both of you have, have done incredible things in your life, but it really seems like you just kind of lucked into it. Like, you shot from the hip, you didn't try very hard, you accidentally did incredible things. Excuse me. And your children. God yes, well, up. We should probably end this interview before it devolves anymore. Uh, that is all for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my very immature and unscientific guests, Marlon Brando and Louis Pasteur, for uh, joining me in the studio today. I have one final question for you guys. I know it's a little bit weird, but I'd like to end my show by asking my guests if they have any uh, comedy shows that they want to recommend or any Twitters that they want to recommend. I know it's a little bit weird, but Louis Pasteur, anything you want to tell people about? Uh, there's a great show uh, called Throwback Thursday mm-hmm. at, um, it's at the Pit next month. The People's uh, Improv uh, Theater. People's Improv in uh, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, first Thursday of the month. Okay, go check and, out uh, Throwback fun, Thursday. Fun with Lex, funny guy. And uh, Fun with Lex on, at Fun with Lex. Yeah, different media. Things. Okay. And, I like uh, to have fun with Lex. Thanks. <laughs> fun so with legs. Sounds like a good guy. I had fun with him once. So fun. You, sorry, so you fun. said you want to have fun with legs, Marlon like Brando? I have fun with legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marlon Brando, what do you want to tell people about? North Coast Hip Hop Improv every Saturday night at 9 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater. Twitter at dwidick, D-W-I-D-I-C-K, and northcoastnyc.com. Wonderful. And uh, if you want to check out my stuff, I'm Jared Berenstein. I'm uh, JaredBerenstein.com. And you have a book now. At Just Jared. That's right. And if you want to go buy my book, it is called The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is available for pre-order now. It is out on August 22nd, 2017. Go out and buy it. It's really funny. I love that. Um, If you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people, famous dead people.